Good morning. I miss being with you all this morning at St. Peter's worshiping, but I am so glad that you all tuned in. Um, so what we're going to do is I'm first going to pray for our time together, and then I'm going to read our passage for this morning, uh, which is in Matthew 6, beginning in um, verse 1. And so um, please turn to that page. I'll give you, give you a minute to get to that passage, um, and then I'm going to start praying here in just a second. All right, so please pray with me. Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask that you be with us during this time right now as we are in our homes and as we are seeking to devote this time to you. Lord, please bless those who are listening, Lord. Please bless me as we are looking through this passage together, Lord. Help us to see what you have for us and to listen to your words. It's in Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. All right, so for several of you, many of you, you all know that we have been in a series called Mirror on the Mount during the season of Lent, in which we're looking at Jesus's primary teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, uh, looking to see what he has for us. And uh, Pastor Brian, in the first week, uh, used the illustration of how oftentimes we need an outside source, a mirror of sorts, to accurately see and understand different components of ourselves. Um, and so we're using the mirror, the, the Sermon on the Mount to act as a mirror to reflect to us in order for us to look into our hearts to understand more about ourselves and where the Lord may be calling us towards. Uh, and last week, Brian uh, preached upon lust within the mirror on the mount and illustrated to us that we are more sexually broken than what we may even think. Well, this week, we are looking, on, looking in Matthew 6, beginning in verse 1, and what we're going to find is that Jesus is speaking to us about pride. And one thing about pride that is sometimes difficult is it's difficult to completely define because there's different forms of pride. However, I would argue that we all would understand, we all, we all know it when we see it. We all know pride when we see it in someone else. That is, we know it because we see it in someone else, but it's very hard for us to see it in ourselves. So this morning, we're not necessarily going to ask about if we struggle with pride, because I would, I would say we all do to a certain degree because it's a foundational part of being human. Uh, but we're going to see what Jesus tells us about pride. But then af- after that, we're going to see what he is asking us to do. So as we begin, we're going to begin in chapter 6 of Matthew Verse 1. And so I'm going to first read this passage and then we're going to dive in. So in verse 1, it starts with Beware practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. 
But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, Neither will, you, will your father forgive your trespasses. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will, will reward you. This is the gospel of our Lord. If you all recall from Ash Wednesday, I actually preached upon parts of this passage. And one of the amazing things about Scripture is we can often look at the same passage and continue to draw from that well time and time again. And we're going to be doing that today. Um, but there's one thing that which I want to begin with, which, I, which you might remember from Ash Wednesday, is that this very first verse helps position us to understand something about what Jesus is telling us throughout the rest of this passage. See, what Jesus is doing is he is talking about our hearts and our motives. That's what he does in the first verse of this passage in saying that we are either seeking reward from man or we're, or we're seeking a reward from God. And what this speaks to us about uh, pride and what Jesus is saying about pride is that pride is seeking reward from man and not from God. See, pride is performing for an audience other than our Father. See, pride is seeking reward from man and not from God. And what's something that's really important for us is to, to understand is that Jesus is speaking to his followers right here. He's on the Sermon on the Mount, speaking to those who see him as worthy to listen to. And he, he's using terminology that might be a little bit confusing for us today, especially this phrase about, be, uh, about practicing your righteousness before other people. You see, that word righteousness in the Bible, as many of you all know, is, is, is loaded of meaning. But in essence, and I, I can't get into all the, different, uh, all the different facets of it, but in essence, it is a state of being a part of God's people and knowing how to act in response to, to accept to, uh, and when we accept uh, that first invitation to be part of his people. See, what Jesus is saying that for those of us who claim him as Lord, who follow him as our primary teacher, as our savior, he's saying when we align ourselves in that way, that should change the way in which we relate to everything else as well. 
And that is why for the Christian, pride is seeking reward from man and not from God. And so what we need to do is we need to start asking ourselves, how are we responding to God? And, what, and from what motives are we acting and are we um, performing? Now, I, I, I want to be very, very clear here. I'm not talking about works here. I'm talking about the heart. Because we have to be willing to ask ourselves our motivation. And it's not purely about the things that which we do. It's about the heart in which we have when we do them. In fact, Jesus hits on this when he starts in the three different verses within this text. In verses 2, where it says, um, Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites. And then in verse 5, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. And then again in verse 16, it says, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. We're seeing a, a pattern here with that term hypocrite. And some of you all may have know this, but that term in and of itself has this meaning behind it of being a play actor, of someone performing in front of people, but not necessarily putting forward who they really are. And that's what we need to understand about pride. We often put forth something um, that is not true in true essence of who we are. In fact, uh, a, a, an illustration of this that many of us will probably identify with are uh, politicians in today's world in that many times politicians on the campaign trail will go to soup kitchens or do some, certain acts of uh, mercy towards individuals while they're being filmed or while there's an audience there. However, for the individual who's there every Saturday or every Sunday or every Friday during, during the week, that's very different for them versus that politician. And we understand that as people, that that, that person who is doing that without an audience, without performing for other people, it means different things for them than it does for that politician. You see, Pride seeps in when we're seeking reward from man and not from God. And pride comes and is so dangerous is because it pushes the focus off of God and onto us. And the point that Jesus is making is that it's not, it's about that we have to be mindful of the audience from which we are grasping for. And our audience as Christians are, is an audience of one, and that's our Father. And so what this means for us, and Jesus gives us three different examples of this between prayer, between giving and fasting, is that we don't do these things as Christians for one another. We do these things for our Father. We are acting in response to him. And one thing that we, we need to understand is that there's actually a term, there's actually no proper, there's no proper practicing Christian in that there are only those who are, pursuing, who are honestly pursuing God and Jesus and those who are play-acting. And see, it's not necessarily about the things that we do. It's about our heart behind it. And that's what Jesus is saying is that you, we could theoretically be doing all the things which Jesus talks about. But if we're doing them for the wrong reasons, God knows and sees that. And now you may be saying, well, gosh, I know my heart's not, not perfect. And so this is, this is impossible for us to, to follow. 
And you know what? You're right. But that's also why we have a God who's gracious and mercy and why we have a savior such as Jesus who can help us in this way. And that's really important to, to lean on, to recognize that we can't do these things without his help. But we have to be willing to examine ourselves and say, okay, Lord, I know I'm not perfect. I know that pride's issue that all of us as, hum, as human beings struggle with Help me to position my heart in a way that is wanting to chase after you rather than the things of this world. And that's a scary prayer, and that can be hard to do sometimes, but it's something that Jesus is calling us to do. It's because pride takes shape when we seek a reward from man rather than from God. And God's reward is being with him and participating in his kingdom. Whereas man's reward is praise of the self that actually turns out to never be enough. So we just saw within uh, this passage that Jesus positions pride as being performing for an audience of man rather than of God, our Father. But what we also learn from pride, about pride from Jesus in this passage is that pride is also, it's spiritual, but also visual. And there's this, there's this interplay that's seeped throughout these passages and throughout these examples about being before man or practicing in secret. And so what I mean by that pride works itself, um, pride is spiritual is that, and visual is that pride works itself outwardly, but it also works, it also is deeply uh, rooted in the inward being of man. And in these verses, in verses four, where it says, so that your giving may be in secret, and your father who sees in secret will, will reward you. In verse six, it says, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who's in secret, and your father who sees in secret will, will reward you. And then in verse 18 as well, it says, or I'll begin in 17 in chapter six, but when you fast, anoint your head, and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will, will reward you. So what, is this, what does it mean by secret? Well, it's not necessarily simply talking about you should shun away from all people and, and, and worry about who's watching. That's not what it's saying. But what it is saying and what that word secret is, is intending and what it has a sense of meaning is that that God can see in secret because he can see in the most secret place of all the earth and that the, in that place is the inward heart of man. That's what that means and that he's, Jesus is saying that this has to, this is a spiritual problem of pride and God knows and sees that because he is a spiritual being and that our hearts or is something that which God can see and know about. But it's also an outward expression. And Jesus speaks about outward expression and how we're supposed to hold ourselves. And now, again, I do want to be clear again that, you know, this is, is, this is not just about works. And that, and that Jesus, that the secret Jesus is talking about is the heart, and that is where everything else flows. In fact, you know, this is not the first time in the Bible that it talks about the heart, as you can imagine. And it's not the first time in which God demonstrates that he knows the heart of man. 
if you, re- if you recall, all the way back in Genesis, chapter 15, verse 6, there's, this, there's a, an account of a man named Abraham. And what, he, what it says is that he believed in his heart and was counted to him as right- righteousness. You see, God saw in his heart and knew what he believed and knew where his heart lied. And that is what Jesus is talking about is that, you see, we can do these things and it can be all for naught without the right motives. However, when we do, when we pray, when we give, when we're, um, when we're fasting or having other spiritual practices, our heart is all the importance and God knows that and sees that. So Jesus has given us practical tools to understand how we are supposed to act because God is after our hearts. And this is actually very similar to other, other uh, things today that we know about. Um, up north, uh, I heard someone once say that the best mechanics drive the worst-looking cars. It's a kind of a funny saying, but what this guy was meaning by that is that often the best mechanics will keep their cars running for, for a, such a long time because they know what matters about them. Because they know about uh, the inward parts of, of, of a car. They know what makes it run and how to get to point A and point B. So much to the extent that they don't necessarily care about the outward uh, appearance of it. And you see, they, they knew what mattered to keep, it, to keep it tuned up. And they knew that it was what was under the hood that should keep them occupied. You see, God's the same way. He cares about what's under our hoods. He cares about our hearts. And the outward, he cares about the outward only as much as what the inward of us, um, the inward reality of who we are and where our hearts lie. And so what this means for you and I uh, for those of us who, are, who want to particularly listen to the teachings of Jesus, we have to ask where our hearts are. And we have to ask the Lord, say, Lord, I need your help to help, me, help to keep me humble. And the only way that we can do that, because if pride is a spiritual problem, but also visual, but if it is a spiritual problem, is that we have to be willing to approach God and to pray about these things and to read scripture on a regular basis. Because if, there's a, if it's a spiritual problem, there's a spiritual solution. And the only solution that, we ha- we, that, that can um, help with that is if we go to our Father and ask the Lord for his help to keep us humble. And you do that through prayer and through reading scripture. And so we all need to take time every day, whether it's 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the evening, whether, whether it's during lunchtime or at work, we need to be praying to God throughout the day. And we need to take time to read his scripture to see what he says to us and asking the Lord to write those words on our hearts because through doing that, the Lord will inevitably help us with this issue of pride that all of man has. Now, some of us may be saying that we don't, that I, that I, I don't have a problem with pride. In fact, I'm actually an incredibly insecure person. I don't really think very much of myself. And I understand that. But the thing is, though, you have to understand all those statements begin with I. All those statements begin with the self. And that and the insecurity is actually then in and of itself a form of pride, which is very hard to, to understand. It's very hard to, to take that in. Because we, again, when we're talking about I'm actually insecure, you're actually still performing for an audience of what you think other people think of you. 
or you're performing for the audience of yourself and you're focusing on yourself rather than God. Because pride, um, because insecurity is rooted in pride as well. And that, that too, God wants to speak into because he wants you to keep your, your eyes on him so that we're freed from that, from those chains as well. Because he doesn't want us to be insecure. He doesn't want us to be focused on ourselves. He wants us to be focused on him. So, so far we've seen that, that pride is seeking from a war from man, not from God. We also learn that pride is both spiritual and visual. Lastly, what we're going to see is that this, the, the, about what we're, supposed to, what we're to do with this and what Jesus is actually require, requiring of us. And what we're going to learn and what the whole point of Jesus' teaching and the whole point of what I'm getting to is that humility is required by God. Humility is required by God. And then there's a portion of this text that I've not yet addressed and that is the lord's prayer it's probably the the most one of the most well-known portions of this text and we actually recite it every sunday and this is actually the 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 largest portion of this text and it points to to its importance and what we find in this lord's prayer that jesus outlines to us is that the lord's prayer is a prayer of humility And the reason why Jesus demonstrates to us the ways in which we're to pray is because humility is required by God. And that's Jesus' whole point in this text. Being humble as a Christian is required and not an option. So let's, let's look at this prayer briefly. There's a lot we can say about this, but let's look at this briefly to see how this is true. So look at me, look with me on verse nine in chapter six of Matthew. And where it says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. This in and of itself, when it first begins this prayer, is telling us that God is God. This prayer does not start about us. It starts about him. And his name is going to be revered and it's going to be glorified. Then in verse 10, it says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, again, in verse 10, it's his will that we're praying for, not ours. It's to him that we are submitting to, not our own desires. See, the question for us we have to have is, how often do we pray for the things that which we want from God versus saying, hey, God, you know, these are some things that I want, but I'm willing and I'm going to submit to whatever your desires are for my life. And that's what Jesus is modeling to us, is that we're praying for his will and not our own. In verse 11, it says, give us this day our daily bread. See, this, is a, this, port, this, this line is, is a prayer of dependence upon God for our own survival. And that, that we know apart from his provision that we have nothing. And for us today in this day and world, this is a hard lesson for most of us in this room. Because not many of us struggle with, um, with knowing about what, where we're going to get our food from. But we all stress about other things of this world. We all stress about different components of our life. And the question for us is do we recognize that we need God and we humble ourselves in saying that, you know what, Lord? 
I know that you're in control and I'm not gonna worry. I'm gonna give this to you and lay this at your feet. Because it's not us in control, it's you. And then in verse 13, it says, and lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. And this, this verse right here, uh, this last verse of the, of the text, shows our recognition of his, that we need his protection, that we cannot resist temptation without his help. And, are we, and we have to ask ourselves, are we so proud that we are unwilling to recognize our need for our, for our God's protection? See, Jesus is saying that we have to humble ourselves and recognize our need for him, for his help. You see, you know, all of us in relationships have these things that we call non-negotiables. You know, these, these, these traits or these attributes or these things in which we are looking for in uh, friends or in relationships and spouses um, and business partners that are non-negotiables for us to be in relationship with them. Well, you know, God's non-negotiable is humility because it is in humility that we, uh, that we are able to accept what he's done for us. You see, you know, even in, uh, in Proverbs 16, 18, it says this, that pride comes before the fall. And we often say that phrase, but we have to understand that first instance of that was the fall itself of Adam and Eve. And that happens with us as well. And the converse of that is also true in that humility comes before redemption. We first have to humble ourselves before the Lord to recognize that we need him in order to be in relationship with him. Now, so what does this mean for us in our day-to-day? Now, you have to recognize, I actually skipped over a portion of the Lord's Prayer, verse 12. And, and the reason why I did that, because I wanted to save it for this point, because I think it's so incredibly important. And verse 12 says, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now, verse 12 is actually the only verse of the Lord's Prayer that has an explanation from Jesus. And that's in verse 14. And it says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others of their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now, why would Jesus take the time to explain that one portion of his prayer? Because, of its impor- because it's based on importance. You see, forgiveness is the greatest sign of humility. And we as Christians need to know that because, because of the humility which Jesus demonstrated to us. It is the sign of humility that Jesus gave us. And that is how we can practically live out humility in our day-to-day life by forgiving one another as, as Christ has, has forgiven us. You see, it's what we're called towards and what Jesus wants for us. And he explains about this in this way, about how we need to forgive others. And because our Father will also forgive us, but if we don't forgive others, neither our Father forgive, for, will, will forgive us. And the reason why he uses the, that harsh of a language is because if we truly understand what God has done for us, if we truly are able to humble ourselves to really receive that, it's going to affect the ways in which we treat other people. And it's going to affect the ways in which 
we extend forgiveness to others because we first have been forgiven. And the reality is that holding on to something and not forgiving someone, of having, um, having that within our hearts is actually the greatest, source, greatest form of pride that any of us can have as followers of Jesus. Because it's essentially saying that I'm not going to extend something to you which has already been extended to me. And there's not something, that's, there's, there, I cannot imagine something more prideful than that. Now, that doesn't mean it's not, not, that doesn't mean that it's easy. It's incredibly hard to forgive people sometimes. And God knows that too. But he's calling us to this as a church body, calling us as, as followers of Jesus for a particular reason. Because the forgiveness in which he's extended us and how we can only accept that within, uh, within our own humility. So forgiveness is a heart issue. Humility is a heart issue. And it's only by the grace of God that we're able to extend forgiveness. And he'll help us do that and he wants us to do that. So take time to think about how you can do that towards your other, to, up to other brothers and sisters or even to other non-Christians because that's what Jesus has done for you. Now, in conclusion, what we all can take away from this and understand in, this, in today's day and age is that No, our God is a God who wants us to come to him. He's a God who wants us to humble ourselves and to know that he is our savior. And that regardless of what's happening happening in in this world, regardless of any anxieties that we have or any, any bits of control that we're grasping for, is that we can always grasp onto him. All we have to do is to humble ourselves and know that our God wants to be our God. And that is the truth that we can rely upon and the truth that Jesus himself has demonstrated to us what it means to have humility and what it means to humble ourselves before him. And to do so, it begins with our heart. And we first have to accept Jesus into our heart in order to do that. And we have to humble ourselves and know that we need him and that he is there for us. And that's why humility is required by God because it's only in humility that we can accept him. So please pray with me. Heavenly Father, Lord, as you help be with us, Lord, help us to humble ourselves before you to know that you are a God who wants to reveal himself to us and that we can only accept you in our own humility and knowing that we need you and we need what you have to provide for us, and that's your saving grace. So Lord, give us that assurance today. Give us that assurance tomorrow to know that you're a God who knows us, who sees us, and who ultimately desires our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.